welcome. I really want to give you several welcomes. I really want to give you happy and optimistic. But we can't. We have to be realistic. Guys, I don't wow. know why he's so happy. <laughs> Welcome back to the 40-yard line. I don't know what this guy's happy about. There's nothing to be happy about. Welcome back to the 40-yard line podcast. I'm Jacob Campos. I'm Evan Veith, unfortunately. He's Evan Veith, unfortunately. <laughs> and unfortunately, today's episode, while fortunate for you guys, will be short. But it's unfortunate because Texas's, Texas men's basketball, the season has come to a close. And it was... It was the game was officiated in a way <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely. There definitely were refs at the game. Um, yeah, there was um, a difference of seventeen in free throw attempts, and how much did they outscore us by free throw wise? How uh, many did seventeen. They? Seventeen. That's yeah. crazy. Um, there were some questionable calls, uh, including one against Brock Cunningham uh, that was originally called against Miami in the final minute and overturned. Overturned. Questionable decision, but um, you know. Let it be known. We're not actually blaming the refs for us losing, but it didn't help that it felt like they were calling everything incorrectly for both sides. Correct. And that's the thing is like we that is true. We are not blaming the refs. We're blaming don't get don't go wrong. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll tell you who I'm gonna blame. Oh no. <laughs> Do not let but, talk about this player. <laughs> but basically, what we're saying is that Texas men's basketball, for those of you that didn't see, Texas went up. Oh, man. Let's see. What was it one more time? Texas went up 10 with 8 minutes and 53 seconds left in the game. And over the last 10 minutes of the game, Texas was outscored by 20. You're up 10, a little less than 9 minutes to go, and you're on your way to the Final Four. And then it's just 9 minutes of free throw after free throw after free throw, basically on both ends. But it felt like each team was in bonus plus, so, like, you know, double bonus. By the time there was ten minutes left, yeah, in that second half, that that second half started with a foul call within the first two minutes, and that really set the tone. Neither team actually felt like it was able to ever get comfortable or get a rhythm because there was basically a turnover or a foul being called, maybe every three possessions, yeah, one back, one forth, and just either neither team ever got settled, neither, neither team ever felt comfortable, and. To be very quite honest, Miami outplayed us oh, in yeah, that second yeah. half. In Miami, for the first time this year, we were outcoached in the clutch, mm-hmm. and that's like, and that's us being very honest. We have yet to be outcoached in the clutch. Yeah, this it's year. rare. It's rare for Terry have been, you know, lose. He does not lose clutch games. That's been kind of the big thing that's he, come up from this, this he, season. He did lose to a very like respectful coach, though a coach with a great like. Oh, I mean, it's a Hall of Famer. Jim Laranega is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, so. so we lost to a worthy opponent and. They forced us to make uncomfortable shots, and they forced Texas, after a pretty decent um, first half of three-point shooting, to having the Horns shoot 3 of 12 overall. So we shot 10 of 25 for the game, but that lets you know. We from made, the, this is from the three. Yeah, but so, yeah, 10 of 25 from the three uh, the entire game, but that second half, 3 of 12. Yeah. Just really poor performance in that second half. Um, I mean, one. 7 for 13 from three in the first. We, we were... Obviously, this, the team was up eight in the first forty-five points in the first half. They were they were cooking. But. I mean, Arterio scored on back-to-back possessions. Yeah, he was he, he was back-to-back and, and kind of. Yeah, I mean, he barely plays in the second anyway. But um, I don't think the coaching is something I'm going to blame for this game. Like, I don't think it's. I'm going to blame our guys, but I think I definitely think it doesn't. The defense is it's rare they're giving up almost ninety points, and that's mm-hmm. it was cons- it was. I think not having Diso out there definitely hurt, but that was a concerning lack of defense this game. 
And honestly, it was just, it was really just something that felt uncomfortable because in the final minute, or excuse me, the little less than, you know, like a minute and a half left in the game, there was one play, Carr just drives it in, three guys immediately collapse on him, he's got Jabari Rice in the corner, wide open, he's got Timmy Allen, who's still somehow in the game, open over in the other <laughs> spot, like by the block, and what does Carr do? He tries to dribble out of in, turnovers force, takes us a foul. That kind of felt like that was game right there and then. And yeah. it's just for Texas, basically once there was less than five minutes left in that game, it really felt like we know where this is going. Mm-hmm. We've been here before. And it was a far cry from the team we saw that dominated Xavier on Friday night. It was a big, big difference. And I, it's, I mean, you got to really wonder if Dylan DeSue's playing in this game, this outcome could be different. Yeah. For me, yeah. uh, for me, like if we have Dylan DeSue, I think this could have ended differently. Um, uh, I mean, I will say you got to give the props to to Miami's players because you do. I mean, to their guards, their guard I mean, play was they, incredible. Their their starting lineup shot sixty three percent from the field, which is just absurd, and just the free throw shooting was impeccable from them. Obviously, you know we'll, we'll have our opinions about why there were so many free throws, too many for in an elite eight game. Yeah, I don't think there I don't think there was, you know, 16 fouls committed by this Texas team, yeah. but all of their starters hit all their free throws apart from one. Miller went 7 to 7, 13 from 13. He had a from perfect the line. game. Wild. Yeah. 27 yeah. points for Miller. I mean, he was just getting to the line really well. Good for him, but it, it felt it did feel unfortunate that a lot of the shots just kind of went in that didn't feel like they should have went in. No. And they had some, you know, there was that fun little circus shot that didn't get counted. Um, the behind the backboard. No, but like, but I mean, we were playing tough D. It was just they could not miss from the mid range. Yeah, they could not miss from the mid range, and it was. And the three point shooting was not a part of their game plan. Eight total shots from three the whole game. Two of eight. Yeah, two of eight. Uh, no threes made in the second half. Yet they outscored us. Uh, yeah, I want to say by twenty or something like that. Or fifteen. Fifteen. No threes made in the second half, but they still outscored us by 15. fifty points and a half. Is just uh, th- I think it was Miami. They just looked like an amazing team. They look Those, good. That that rotation of five is one of the most like you know I saw a stat today. I think um, it was like third most played rotation in the country. Uh, they stayed healthy. They've always played together and they play well together. And that that five of Omier, Poplar, Pack, Wong, and definitely Miller just gave Texas fits. And I mean, at the end of the day, the best ava- the best player is the one that has availability. Yeah, that's just something that can be said across college basketball. So if you're saying this was had the third most minutes together. That makes sense because Christian Bishop made a start, and this was only his second time starting this season. Yeah. Only his second time, and it's to go to the Final Four. And Miami's fans, I will give it to them, they were loud. Yeah, yeah. Texas they... Texas fans showed up like they always do, but Miami's fans were giving us a fit. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of obvious at some points that we were being outplayed and due to the fact that that arena was loud. And if you ask me, the game Saturday between Miami and UConn, that's going to decide the national champion. Yeah, I think I'm more confident in those two teams than I am FAU yeah. and San Diego State. Yeah, and that's no disrespect to FAU or San Diego State, but UConn has just demolished. What a team they're playing. I mean, they beat Gonzaga by what, like 20, 30? I, mean, they, they, uh, I saw a graphic that said they have one of the top 10 most dominant, oh, excuse me for the voice crack, top 10 most dominant runs to the Final Four uh, ever. I believe they are the <laughs> first team ever to win by double digits in every single game. Crazy yeah. <laughs> what they're U- playing at. UConn looks insane, and... Miami looks just as good. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see between those two, but I think you're going to get your national champion out of Miami. Um, Texas, same thing we said all year, same thing I'm always going to say. They chose to live by the three and die by the three. And 
We died by the three in this case. Yeah, almost so. half the shots from three, not shooting well in the second half from it, and it just feels like when when Texas in that lull of time where they're they're losing, they're losing a lead. They think the the way to get back is throw up threes and yeah. you know it's have the case. have Hunter take six, which is just not it's mm-hmm. not sustainable. Hunter Carr and Rice, who are your main three point shooters, they're the guys who are always taking the shots for the team. Thirty percent from three this game, just <laughs> awful. Yeah, it just <laughs> it's a group, and it's okay to have off shooting nights, but man, it, thir- it might be thirty five actually, but it's either a, way, yeah, <laughs> either way, it's unfortunate because this is the arena that we won the Big Twelve championship in. So for me, I was kind of thinking maybe that's a sign, you know. I was feeling good about it. Same <laughs> arena we just won in, um, the Big Twelve in three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I'll take those odds. Yeah, up ten, nine minutes to go. You bet I was feeling good about it. <laughs> and then the fouls started coming on both sides, just insanely fast. And Christian Bishop and Timmy Allen got in some foul trouble. Um, I don't agree with the decision, but Brock Cunningham was brought in as a closer. And I still don't agree with that. I still have very mixed feelings about Brock's performance. And I don't like the fact that he was the one that chose to shoot a deep three. Uh, he shot one of the last threes of the game for Texas. And, but I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying that our bigs were outplayed. Yeah. Now, I mean, that, they, that, I mean, that, they don't even – the fun thing is that Miami doesn't really play a big. I mean, Omier is their only forward, and he's – I want to say 6'7 is how tall he is. Something so. like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't – it just felt like the game wasn't about them, in my opinion. It so. didn't, but at the but, – but there were times where if it was Timmy Allen on a guard, Timmy was either going to let them score or he was going to get – or he was going to foul them. Yeah, and he, he struggled more on defense than you're used to. Yeah, I mean, they fouled out, yeah. They forced Timmy to be really uncomfortable, and they forced him to keep slipping and sliding on the floor. That was obvious. I don't think he's going to get a lot of respect for it because it doesn't really seem like he did a lot. But Dylan Mitchell actually had some of the best 13 minutes I saw out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not usually very high on Mitchell, but his energy was there. And he was forcing tap outs, and he was forcing Yes, balls. his rebounding looked it, it almost like night and day how he was rebounding. Mm-hmm. And he was forcing the ball, even if he wasn't going to get it, he wasn't going to let Miami get it. Yeah. And there was a couple times where he was called for fouls, and we didn't think it was a foul. There was one where the guy thinks he literally just has a breakaway dunk, and Dylan Mitchell's head comes above the rim, basically. His his jumping is crazy. His arm, it was just a swat down. You know, in the NCAA, they're always going to call the swat. But Mitchell, actually, in the 13 minutes he played— he provided significant bursts, such as his alley oop that he had from half court. Yeah, from I mean Carr. it's it's shown on ESPN right now. I mean that's mm-hmm. crazy dunk that that play was. Two steals, one block, not too bad. Getting out of, I mean that would I think that's one of the high, that's the highest combined in the game for steals and blocks, and he yeah. played 13 minutes. So, yeah, I, I was I yeah. was impressed with Mitchell's performance. I mean, the, I feel like the freshman played well. Just in Terry Morris yeah, played c- well. Combined yep. 10 points from the two. Want Morris two for two from three. Yeah, I just think it's a good sign for next year, definitely. I mean, Morris is right next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both going to be starting next year, so. But, you know, Evan, overall, let's talk about Look, beat Kansas twice in a week. Mm -hmm. Beat Creighton at home. Beat Gonzaga at home. Rodney Terry had eight AP top 25 wins. Beat TCU in the Big 12, or excuse me, beat beat TCU in the Big 12 championship. Just overall looking at the season, you know, what are some of the more memorable games? What stands out to you? And what's your overall what's your overall report card for the year? Uh for me the Gonzaga game was definitely memorable, 
because it felt like this is where, you know, that's where we lost last year, and it felt like, okay, we know where we are at. But then when they come in, third game of the season, this is obviously back on Beers there, dropping 93 points on one of the better teams, yeah. the number two team in the nation. Yeah. That felt really good, beating Creighton, obviously, right after that, and it felt like we were a top two team in the nation. The Illinois game humbled us a little bit. I'd say this for specifically my favorite games. Uh, the Kansas game, the very last home game of the season, was mm. one of my favorite sports games I've ever been to. It was a banger. Um, just a great game. We were both there together, and that one was just so fun to watch. And the team just looked really happy. They looked like they were clicking. It was just a great, it was just a great performance from everyone around. And I felt like I just really enjoyed the energy that was brought to the stadium. And that's that's where I felt like you know what the Moody Center was worth it. That's where I was like, wow, this was a a great a great investment because yeah. the fans were there. Yep. The team was loving it. Um, I always also love that Tech game that we won at home, uh, only by two points, but it you know felt good to beat Tech, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good one. Of the tournament games, I think my favorite was the Xavier game. That game was just fun to watch for me. I, I really okay. liked how the team played. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think that that's just the one that stood out to me. And then overall, report card, if it's anything but an A, you're lying. I mean, it's yep. just even yep. if n- Ronnie Terry didn't exist and Chris Beard was coaching this team, it would be an A season. Elite Eight, winning the Big Twelve. The first time for both of those in a while. Yep. Best looking team they've had pretty much since, you know, two thousand eight. Was it? Yeah, yeah. two thousand eight. Uh, it's if you don't say it's an A, a you're you're lying. <laughs> so it's I agree. it's yeah. I don't care if they you know didn't finish if they're not going to finish you know top five. But this was amazing season and they deserve all all the great report card grades they can get. Four point students. I agree. You know, for me, I'm going to talk about uh, this one game. It was our. Game after we got obliterated by K State, one hundred three to one sixteen at the Moody Center, the yeah. one game we lost that year, and we went into Stillwater, uh, Oklahoma, really hostile environment, and grinded out a fifty six to forty six win, and that game was basically all knotted up until there was about six minutes left in the game, then Texas just outperformed them in the final five minutes. And that's kind of why I thought, oh, this team has potential, this team has hope. Then they go and they beat TCU, and then they beat Tech, and you're. That's when I started to feel good about the team. Of yeah. course, there was a couple of losses here and there after that. But for me, that Oklahoma State game really stands out. I think the response to the loss in Knoxville, Tennessee on January 28th to bounce back and go ahead and beat Baylor, who was 11 at the time in the nation, 76-71. That was a good game. Two days yeah. later, that one stands out. And for me, my favorite tournament game, I got to go with the Penn State game. Yeah. That, uh, that definitely was the most, like, butt-clenching win That Penn State game was wild. Yeah. That was crazy. Um, yeah, taking away everything, and obviously we'll, tra- we'll transition to the big news regarding Texas men's basketball in a moment. But, I mean, I would even say that the game against Rice was one of the more significant games of the year, too. Yeah. Oh, come bouncing back with Rodney there. You know, y- you wake up. I woke up, you know, checked my phone. Something nine, we don't nine, have head coach. Nine thirty, nine forty five <laughs> in the morning, Chris Beard arrest. I was like, Whoa, that's that's something. Why do I recognize that name? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Jump on Twitter, immediately start reading everything, and I was like, Okay, cool. Spend the entire day, you know, I was uh out with someone and like we were out and about, but I was just reading the affidavit, I was reading the police reports, couldn't stop checking my phone. And I was like, Let's see what happens. And we went to overtime against Rice, pulled it out. And it was a day where there was so much uncertainty and un- unknown things happening with the university, with the school, with Chris Beard. I had no idea who Rodney Terry was. <laughs> um, 
and that one that one for me stands out a lot too. Uh, that was really cool, and to be where we're at, to be well, we're gonna be excited to talk about it in a moment. Mm-hmm. But despite you know the loss of Chris Beard, the fact that this team never once wavered, that this team never lost their confidence, that this, this team stayed together. For those of you who have not seen, you should look at Dylan DeSue and Sir Jabari Rice post game interviews after the loss. They said that's the hardest thing is, yeah, it sucks to lose, but to lose like this team and what we had. Yeah. And, you know, Texas' big theme this year, big theme at the Moody Center was culture. And I think that's that's what Texas has. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think culture has been established. And so for me, yeah, it's an A season. Yeah, definitely. It's, it was – don't get me wrong. I really wish we were playing in Houston this weekend. Oh, I, yeah. re- I really do. Help my wallet because we were planning on going. We were going to spend $500, yeah. I wish we were going, but no regrets for how it ended. So happy A and M lost in the first round, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, that was good. Win, lose, or tie, horns till I die. Oh, of course, and I, I love what you said because this, this from what we've heard about, I think Timmy Allen also noted on it, but it just seems like this team was so so tight and so well put together, and and Terry really, though obviously this was Chris Beard's built team, he was special to these players, and they really do love him and appreciate what he did for them, um, and that's you know. Why he's going to be the next coach at UT? And there it is for there the next is. five years. It looks like yep. five year, fifteen point three million dollar deal for Rodney Terry, extending him. Now he's officially got the head coach title, and Texas acted pretty pretty swiftly. I mean, the game ended on Sunday. It's Sunday night. There was Sunday Tuesday. night. reports. Yeah, yep. Tuesday. Where it's official. Where where we have him as our head coach, and you know, not an expensive deal. He's in the bottom half of paid uh, paid <laughs> Big, Big 12. 12 coaches, and he just won the Big 12. So yeah, even if you're pessimistic about him, I mean, it's a pretty cheap deal for Texas for a team that makes a lot of money, and everyone here loves him. I mean, you can you can criticize him for this being his only real season of success as a head coach, and it's not the team he built, but he did as well as anyone could have asked him to do, yep. and some. So yep. he's just been a great a great addition to the staff, and I'm I'm glad that he is getting his chance to say, "Hey, I can I can become a Power Five powerhouse with Texas." I mean, and the, here's the thing: this is, I like I want to check on the numbers on this. I'm gonna find the numbers while Evan talks about something in a second, but I want to say he's now been to as like many Final Fours since like 2010 as the guy he used to serve under Rick Barnes, or like what, elite, zero? elite eights, like elite oh eights. elite eights, yeah, yeah elite sense. eights. He is um he has served under Rick Barnes. Who you know, he was there with T.J. Ford. Well, not like he's, he's their best basketball coach ever, at least. Not Chaka Smart. No, <laughs> I was kidding. I was kidding, but I'm ecstatic about it. The other guys that are ecstatic about it is Ron Holland, mm-hmm. who is supposed to be a lottery pick in the 2024 NFL uh, not or even, NBA draft. Not even lottery. He's supposed to be a top five pick they according to some reports. Actually, have him going number four right now to San Antonio. Oh yeah, that's get what him, I'm hearing. Get him in San Antonio. Get him in San Antonio, and of course the the guard as well, um, AJ Johnson. AJ Johnson, our two signings for the class of 2023. They've they stuck with Rodney. They said now that Rodney's here, you know we can fully embrace ourselves, and to hear that's awesome. Oh, you love that. So it makes you really think next year that starting five is could be Arterio Morris, Tyrese Hunter, Ron Holland, maybe we oh, can hope, probably Dylan Mitchell. We can hope though. There's a chance that Desu might come back. Yeah, 
I mean, Desu or a transfer portal at center. But I, I think I think we know that the two freshmen from this year, Hunter and Holland, will be our starting lineup. Yeah, that seems like. Or you mean you mean next year's freshman this year's like starting guard? Well, yeah, the freshman from this year. Yeah. Sorry, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, those will be the guys that you're going to see as our main core four. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, kind of running a core four team, and then Terry's going to be very, very active in the transfer portal. It's a team that's losing a lot, a lot, a lot of key contributors. A lot of defense. We're losing a lot of defense. A lot of and defense. Three of our four main scorers are all gone. I'm confident that Morris and Holland and Mitchell can make up some scoring, but. Uh, and I think we're going to transition a little bit into this, but yeah. the transfer portal will be very important for this team. Yeah, I mean, this team is saying goodbye to Marcus Carr. Yep. Timmy Allen. Serge Barry Rice. Our best two passers and scorers right there. Jabari Rice, our best shooter. Bishop as well, correct? Christian Bishop, our backup center. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot of, and that's, more importantly, that's a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of games all these guys have, because all these guys are either, you know, seniors or graduates. That's a lot of experience we're losing. And... It's got to be, I mean, I really hope we get Desu back because I'm going to need a lot from next year from Dylan Desu. Well, at least at least what we can say Tyson is that Hunter. if Desu comes back, Hunter, Desu, and Cunningham are full-on veterans of the, of the NCAA tournament. Yep. You know, Hunter's been are. with two different teams, gone past, the, you know, gone through two games with at least two, and he knows what he's doing in the tournament. He's played in the Big 12 tournament twice. He knows what he's doing. Cunningham obviously has been around for a while. This is his first real big tournament. But, you know, he'll be back. He'll be on the bench again. And Disu, we saw what he did in this tournament. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you'd be hungry to get more and become a star on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and before we talk about the transfer portal, yeah. we also mentioned a guy. We haven't even talked about the guy that redshirted this mm-hmm. year. Well, I was actually about to transition oh, to our... perfect. So, well, I mean, there's also what I want to add is that there are some, like, about three to four names that you, you are kind of looking out for on the bench. Obviously, A.J. Johnson, yep. probably not going to start over Morris and Hunter. It just wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Then there's Alex... Emanekwe, I want to say, who played a little bit at the start of the year, if people remember that, but he was definitely our our 10th guy and very quickly got cut out of the rotation. Mm -hmm. Athletic guy and had some good recruiting numbers, just didn't really get a chance this year, which he was not ready. I mean, if you're so Um, deep in the bench. But he's strong and looked to be a very good defender, so that could just be something very good off the bench. Rowan Brumbaugh, who you were alluding to, redshirted instantly this year. Top 100 prospect, a point guard. It's kind of hard to see where he fits in this team because Hunter Morris and Johnson are there. I don't want to be a guy who transfers because I want to see what he does on the court. He's been learning under this team the whole year, and how many better people can you learn under than Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter as your you know two point guard like leaders and for the, you? The thing is, I remember this guy coming out of out of high school because of what an efficient scorer he was. Yeah, and he's he's not very big. I want to no, say I he stands like, at six one, right at right at six or yeah, yeah six, six, one. six one. He's not a big dude. But I mean, he was, as far as a lot of people saw, at a two four seven. A lot of people wanted him. And oh, he's six four. Wow, we were wrong. There's no way. It doesn't feel no, like he's it. lying. No, he's, he's lying. There's no way. And he was what a four star? Yeah, he was number eighty nine in the country, top twenty point guard. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he was a big, big get. Yeah, and I I want to see him play. He he has explosiveness, and you know can just be a good facilitator off the bench. That mm-hmm. would be nice to have. Cole Bott is a guy I want to point out because. He, you know, got in for garbage time. So Gavin Perriman, but I think I'm a little more, I'm a little more looking forward to Cole Bot. He was a preferred walk on. Yep. Um, now been with the team for two seasons, and he's just strictly a shooter. But he's tall and can shoot. And sometimes you just need someone who can stand in the corner and shoot a three. We might see him get some actual playing time next year. Not sure how confident I am in that, given you know portal could lead to three to four different names coming into Texas. But yeah, we'll see. You know, 
And speaking of the portal, I know you won't talk about that. I mean, who you got? Who's who's your eyes on in the portal this well, year? Well, I mean, the number one guy who I think everyone who's on Twitter with uh, Texas right now is, is looking at is Khalil Ware yep. from Oregon, mm-hmm. who is a really, really highly ranked prospect from that same class as Brumbaugh last year's class. And he came in number seven prospect overall, seven footer, the tallest guy in the top ten to Oregon. And we thought this guy was going to become, you know, Pac-12 newcomer of the year, really big player for the team. And just didn't really get the playing time. I don't think they really lo- loved his fit at Oregon, and that's something you know against him. But he definitely didn't see the playing time he probably deserved. And this guy's a seven footer with actual handling to him, and gets rebounds, can can defend the paint, stands and at only two ten. Yeah, that, kind okay. of skinny, a little skinny. <laughs> he he's been very adamant about pointing out the random weights of players in the portal. It's just something that I know. It's just something that points out to me because I just. I worry about getting big body in the paint, but also I haven't seen enough of him to play, and he hasn't played enough for me to make an opinion. So I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> I, I mean, ma- you can you can have your opinions on the player. I, no, I just think don't get me wrong. I want him. I <laughs> I hope Terry's got him on the phone as soon as he hung up today, or as soon as he finished his press conference. Yeah, I I really think that. I mean, what is he right? Is he the number one ranked? Prospect I think in the on twenty four seven they have him as number one for um for the prospects. But either way. This team doesn't have size. They don't usually get size on the scale of, you know, seven feet tall. Dasu was, I think, 6'9", Bishop 6'7". They're not the kind of guys who are really menacing defenders of the paint. Mm-mm. And so, you know, Dasu came out 220 when he came into the league. And I feel like, though he's skinny, he was a presence in the paint for enemy teams, and they did not want to shoot like, on him. He felt like a thick body that could go against anybody. Yeah, but yeah. he was lanky for sure. Oh, definitely. So I think yeah. that's fine with Ware. He's definitely the guy that Texas has been linked to, Texas should go after, because center could either be our biggest need by far, where we need two guys from the portal, or we just need one to come off the bench. Maybe Ware doesn't want that, and maybe that's why he's transferring from Oregon, but Disu Ware as a big front court could be really deadly, especially if Ware obviously progresses into the top mm-hmm. 10 pick we think he'd be, similar to Dylan Mitchell. And I mean, if Ware comes, I almost feel like there's a chance Mitchell gets booted from the starting rotation. I could Ooh, I could realistically yeah. see that happening if Desu returns as well. Yeah, that's fair. Because I see nowhere in which Ron Ron Holland doesn't start for us next year. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So I mean, it could. I do feel like they would trust the guy who's been on the team for the year and was also a better recruit than. We than have seen Terry's where. minutes though. Yeah, we have seen Terry's minutes. But with give him. but give Terry Mitchell a full offseason together. I think we're gonna see them. You know, chat yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I don't think we're not trying to say they don't like each other. It's just. I think it's it's a, a duo that he Mitchell got more minutes with Beard and less with Terry. That's just something you can obviously stay. Right. And he was definitely taken out of the game plan. But Mitchell has some very obvious things he needs to work on in his game. Shooting. He needs to. He doesn't need to be a three point shooter. He just needs to. No, I mean, develop like, his own shot. Yeah. yeah. Anything outside of a dunk or a layup. Basically, I mean, if he learns how to be a shot creator. Yeah. Get get into the post. Make your own shot from that. Be able to square up and get Timmy Allen range. That is all we need. And that's then you're it. the most athletic guy on the court, can block any shot that's thrown out, going to be a very plus defender. We're completely happy with that. I know it's not a popular shot, but if you find a big guy that knows how to shoot the fadeaway or a turnaround jumper... How did, Le- how did LeBron break the record? The fadeaway. The fadeaway. There's nothing... <laughs> I mean, who? what did Dirk Nowitzki make his career make off? Make his career off of fadeaway. Timmy D shot the fadeaway as well. Not as obviously as good as Dirk, but he and KG as well. I mean... For me, if you can find a big guy that can just back somebody down and then create that space and create your own shot just simply by dribbling and using your body, 
Dylan Mitchell's value increases not only for Texas, but for his NBA draft value. Stock, yeah. Because Which, when his draft stock on. did take a hit this year. Yeah, and I don't think he, he will be the lottery pick that he wanted to be at the end of the day, But in, unless he really goes crazy next year. But he's working hard to try to get into the first round again, which is something that it should be a motivator for him this offseason. So, you know, let him get paid. Uh, yeah, another guy who I absolutely. have down, um, a guy who we've seen a little bit in Big 12 play, <laughs> not much. Um, kind of the opposite of where another center, another big guy, seven-footer. This guy brings a little bit more body to it, uh, as JC liked to point out. Uh, Fardaz Amak. Big body, bro. Kelvin Johnson. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big believer in the big body. <laughs> Fardaz Amak, who is a seven-footer from who played at Texas Tech this year. He started the season injured and then kind of took a leave of absence with the whole Mark Adams controversy. Very quickly transferred out. Tech obviously wasn't the fit for him, but he played at Utah Valley State, I believe it was. Yes. And he was a insane player for that mid-major. He was shooting 40% from three. Not the highest sample size, but he was a legit shooter for them and was grabbing 14 boards a game, 19 points. Even with Tech, he's had eight rebounds a game and 11 points. He looks and, like Tech's best or second-best player. he still player. shot 44% at Tech as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he looks like Tech's best player or second-best player out there. I would be very, very happy to get him. Definitely a veteran, but not quite a, a veteran in a tournament. But at least, you know, an older guy who can come in and just get boards for you. And he's worst coming case. as a graduate transfer or he senior? Would, I think he would have just as a senior. Just as a senior. Because okay. he would have a 2020 COVID year. Gotcha. Um, gotta, love I, the, gotta love those COVID year yep. extensions. So he's definitely a guy I would have my radar on. Can do a lot of a, lot, a few different things, and I think that could be nice just to pair with Dasu. Again, if he's all right with coming off the bench. That's a lot of the problem with if Dasu comes back. Will will these guys be all right coming off the bench? At the end of the day, if Desu comes back, we all we need all we need someone that's comfortable, because Desu was getting back to the guy from Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. He was getting back to that form before injuries kind of took over. But you know, I'm just gonna mention that with Desu too. Injuries have hampered his career a little bit. Oh yeah, and it's something to be worthy of concern. So he's had quite a few minor things that spilled up, mm-hmm. and but it's been a lot, and yeah. it's been a lot over this in like couple like three years. So it's it's almost worth noting that. It's. I mean, my top priority right now is uh, is a four and a five. Yeah. No guards. No man. I don't really think we need anyone. Well, I don't think we need a four. Mitchell Holland Cunningham. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess. (laughs) Well, well, I'm. I would like to. Yeah. I think what they definitely, if you took the exact lineup they have right now, even like scratching D. Sue, even this team needs shooting no matter what, and that's what they got in Serge Barry Rice in the portal last year. We got lucky, though. We didn't expect that. We didn't expect him to be so good. Yeah. There needs to be one, and I would hope two, true sharpshooters that come into this team and just, you know, if they need to sit in the corner or sit in the wing the whole game, shoot the ball and then run back on defense and then shoot the ball again, fine by me. They don't need to do what Rice did. If we can get a guy that can consistently shoot 40% from the three, I I don't care what else he does. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if he has... Michael Porter Jr. I, I don't care if he's no Michael Porter passing. Jr. and has one assist. What a, game. a shout out! Yeah, because that's all we he does. love. Michael Porter Jr. on the podcast. We actually do. I actually love Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> he's a he's a fun player. Um, well, I've I've some guys written down who are shooters, and mm-hmm. um, Denver Jones out of FIU, who Florida International University, not really a big name, but he was shooting lights out for them near the end of the year, and he was definitely more of a primary ball handler who now would have to take a step back. Not what you you know, not the biggest thing you'd want to do coming into the Power Five, but he might just be able to say, you know what, I'll take a step back, play on a team similar to what Rice did, and play on a team that has a chance to win a championship, yep. or at least win the Big Twelve, 
and that's what we'd want from him. Lazar Stefanovic, the Serbian sniper yep. out of Utah. There you go. He was really good for Utah. There actually, you go. This is actually a guy who I, who I knew from, from Utah, and uh, they, they were pretty not entertaining, but yep. he shot like 40% from three, and he's just this like big Serbian dude who can shoot. I mean, what I'm a more big do fan you want? Of, I'm a big fan of Serbian players. Large, big believer in just Serbian large players. European shooters are so fun to watch. Large European shooters, there is nothing better. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than <laughs> large European shooters, actually. <laughs> yeah, and JC, do you have some guys that you want to point out as well? Um, the only one that I'm really paying attention to right now, obviously I was looking at Lampkin uh, mm-hmm. out of TCU, but you've kind of mentioned that to me in passing that, Georgia is apparently very high on him. Yeah, I would say it seems probably more, getting him. You said it's more likely that Georgia is going to get him, so not really paying attention to that one. The one that just got announced uh, just a few hours ago that I've been paying attention to is going to go ahead and be uh, Reese Dixon Waters, mm-hmm. who is a guard out of USC, but he stands very tall. Let me just go ahead and pull that up real quick, or if you want. Yeah, thank I you. pulled up. I'll try. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We, oh, I'm we're, 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 we're big, like... Stats guy, but like, and then never, when we say it and get stuck in a quarter, give us a second. Yeah, six five. Yeah, so big, about rice height, a little taller. Big guard, six five, and put up ten points a game off of forty four percent shooting this year for USC. Um, off the bench, correct? Off the bench, just doesn't want to be in the program right now. And the thing is, he's already got about twenty offers out, mm-hmm. and he kind of just put his name out in the portal. But he is a guy to look after, and. Maybe that's the guy that you want shooting. And, I mean, third highest scorer on USC, who was a very, very good team, finished second in the Pac-12 in the regular season, and he was the third highest scorer as a freshman off the bench. That's a really, really good sign. What did he shoot from the three this year? 30%. Not quite what you want. But, But again, it's just someone that you knows how to play off the bench, knows how to play in the the power five, and a very good player. And that's We just know that. That's the thing is because what's happening and what's going to be unfortunate is I was always high on Ontario Morris. Because he could give you those little spurts off mm-hmm. the bench. That's all we need. We just need somebody to keep that same energy and someone to be. I, I'm going to make this comparison. I don't know if like people will know or agree with it, but there is a guy who's just made that his entire career in the NBA just by coming in for 14 to 20 minutes a game and just giving you five or six threes and just pull up jumpers. I mean, Patty Mills. Patty Mills. Especially in Patty Mills' prime in San Antonio, that's all he did. Not really a great defender. But he was just a hustler. Well, it was and always the Ginobili Mills rotation off the bench. So, so good. Would be so good. But I mean, Reese Dixon could be that guy if he improves his shot. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's why I'm high on him. That's why I think Texas has a good shot at him. And I think Terry's going to go after him. Yeah, and so. I think I think Terry's going to be someone that will go after a lot of people. You know, throw throw names out and hope that they stick. To be um, fair, Texas has done very well in the portal the last two years. Yeah, definitely. The definitely. portal's been very good to Texas, especially with, I'm going to mention it. And it's the reason why this school's going to do so well over the next few years. That was NIL values. Yep. NIL values are going to be at an all-time high for Texas basketball heading into next season. And if you were starting in a mid-major and then you see the paycheck that might come in, uh, then you're pretty happy. Um, One more guy who who I'd forgotten about, who I'd seen a few days ago when he entered the portal and thought, this guy is going to be insane if it goes right player in northern Colorado, and I'm glad I saw his name, uh, Dalton Necht, who mm. in, his, in his second season with uh, with North Colorado went from 9 points a game to 20, averaging 7 rebounds a game, 38% from the 3, 48 from the field. Obviously, he is playing in the big sky. Yep. These aren't good teams he's playing against. He is playing on an awful team. He is their only scorer. Shooters can shoot, There's, though. But at the end of the day, the 3-point line is the same length, and he was by far their best player. And 
is already a pretty high profile guy that people or teams are like wanting to go after. I that's a, you know a, lar- a bigger kind of more of a forward than a guard can definitely score, can rebound a bit, can shoot the three. Seems like a pretty good match for this team. He's just a better Brad Cunningham. Yeah, just a better Brad yeah. Cunningham. Take his minutes, <laughs> please do. I d- you really hate on Brock a lot on this podcast. I'm sorry. I just don't like him taking two of our final three shots. Yeah, and that's, that's fair. how I'm going to be. I feel bad for him because the game overall wasn't that bad from him. It wasn't. It was just the last It was just the, He had like eight rebounds, I think. He was on the glass. Yeah. He was boxing out apart no, from that one he, play. He was aggressive at this. Yeah. He was, yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, Sorry, sorry, Brock. Yeah, I'll, sorry, Brock. I'll be nicer. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think we go... I know we kind of bounced around a little bit. I do want to go back a little bit to the season from Texas and do a few superlatives. Do a few quick wire, quick okay. fire ones. I'm down for this. Who was your this. Who was your Mr. Surprise? Who surprised you this season? Serge Barry Rice. Serge Barry Rice. Serge Barry Rice. Coming off, was in contention to be National Sixth Man of the Year. Got Big 12 Newcomer of the Year, Big 12 Sixth Man of the Year. Mm-hmm. Just provided that spark that we didn't need. And this team's ceiling is a lot lower if Jabari Rice doesn't have the three-point shot that he had this season. Yeah, I completely and agree. That's, I mean, if, honestly, if the guy had handles, I could see him <laughs> yeah. somehow making his way into the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he doesn't have handles. So yeah. I mean, he might be a G League candidate. Who maybe, knows? yeah. But maybe he'll be in Armenia. For me, know? newcomer of the year. I'm sorry, surprise player of the year. I'm going to go support you. I think, um, I, I think even when we first got him last offseason, before I had, I wasn't quite as in tune with the portal. I was kind of like, why is he coming? I, you know, we had Morris, we had Hunter, we had, we had Carr. Where, where does he fit on this team? And I'm so glad he did. Big surprise for me. I'm going to say not one player, but the big men. I think coming the year, I was super pessimistic about Jisoo and Bishop. Yeah. They definitely yeah. exceeded my expectations, especially in the tournament. I mean, two they years, both played two, very two well in the tournament. Two years each, correct? Yeah. Two years each of Texas. Yeah. yeah. And very, in that first year, I just wasn't a big fan of them. That combo with Mitchell that they had didn't work. Mitchell got out. Best thing that happened to the other two possible. And they were really just players that I love to see. And very happy about that. Um, no. Another yeah. thing to mention, though, about Mitchell, the two guys, the two bets that I won in the NCAA tournament <laughs> was because I bet against Courtney Ramey and Trey Mitchell. Yeah. Always bet against the guys that leave Always the Always bet against the guys. And, and somehow those are the only two bets I won this tournament. All right. Now give me your Mr. Disappointment. I mean. For me, there's two options. For me, there is two options as well. Three, but one of them I feel like is not really the right answer. There's two options. <laughs> You, I hate that I'm going to be hard on him, but it's because expectations were so high, and it's because he has to be a leader on this team next year, not only vocally, but in terms of performance. So I'm going to have to say Tyrese Hunter. Yeah. I'm going to have to say Tyrese Hunter. Guy just had a bad year shooting, just could never really get himself into a rhythm. You know, maybe he works in the dark. Kind of reminds me a lot of, of, you know, Xavier Worthy in ways. Yeah, because not you know like there's I'll a lot give you of, that comparison. Yeah, there's I like a lot, that. You know, so there's a lot of talk that Xavier's a very quiet guy that keeps to himself, but people don't know what he does behind closed doors. I think we don't know what Hunter's doing in the shadows. I don't think we know what Hunter's doing to make his game better, and sometimes it doesn't performance. And you know, we find out later, Xavier played half the season with a broken hand. Yeah, maybe we find out Tyrese had a. Well, nagging he injury. Even, he even tweeted at one point that there was an injury holding him back. He did back in like, like early, you know, early February, or, yeah, I think. Early it, February, late. Kind of random thing. And I was like, I mean, I think there's actually a comparison you can make where, you know, Carr is Bijan, the star, yeah. great player, makes yeah. these plays that you can't even dream of. And then yeah. Hunter is worthy where you know the talent's there, great player, younger player. Yeah. There's something there's something off. There's something missing. There's something missing. And but I think at the end of the day, the reason I'm making that comparison is because 
despite the question mark, because these guys are remain committed to the idea of Texas. Mm-hmm. And he's a great player. And he's no, a even, great even if you're player. frustrated with him. You can be frustrated with him, but obvi- but honestly, defensively, you have no problems with the guy. Mm-hmm. Defensively, he does everything Clamps. we ask of him to do. Clamps down. So for me, I'm going to be hard on him because I expect so much of him next year. It's got to be Tyler Center. I think uh, that's my answer as well. I will add in another name. I do think for being a top five recruit, Dylan Mitchell did disappoint a little yep, bit. It absolutely. definitely had a thing with game planning, but comes in as a starter and really doesn't show out and mm-hmm. definitely not in conference play. I, w- I just want to see more of him. It's not even disappointment. I just wish there was a little more of him. Um, Jason, give me your give me your fan favorite. Who is who is a guy that you just – it doesn't even have to be because of how they play on the court, but just someone that throughout the year you always are rooting for on this team. <laughs> Can I give you two answers? Yeah, sure. One, the guy that I hoop against at Greg in the summer, Cole Bott. <laughs> um, my friend and I. Kevin Pyramid. Look, I'm not going to lie. I feel bad because you know, Evan's super high on the guy next year, potentially next year. Not super. Not I super just want to see. After I met Cole Bott back in like April of last year. And the second that we left Greg Jim, my roommate Jonathan and I, the first thing we did when we got back to our, to our dorm was go down to the movie theater uh, that we theater. had in our dorm, yeah, at Castilian. Nasty Cassie, great place. Yeah. We grabbed dinner, and then we plugged in our laptop to the HDMI, and we sat there for 30 minutes and watched Colbot's junior and senior year highlights. And <laughs> we just, we just, yeah, we just somehow became the biggest Colbot supporters. Whenever I see him on Instagram, I always make sure to give it an extra two double tap. My roommate sends it to me, I send it back to him. Fan favorite Adam, he just have a soft spot in my oh, heart. Of course. Soft spot in my heart, cold bot till the day I die. So for him, I'm gonna say him, but also, uh, what was the question again? Fan favorite. Fan favorite. Who you like? Artario Morris. Yeah, you're Artario. Artario Mor- I'm an Artario Morris believer. Mm-hmm. He, I, I love the guy, and I can't wait to see what he does for this team next year. Uh, for me, if you're gonna go cold bot, I'll go Gavin Pyramid. That's great, dude. Give <laughs> no, some love Gavin Pyramid's sick. I, I, I think, I think he's just, just. I love how the team loves him. He, I saw, we saw him at the women's basketball game, sitting with um, Carl oh, Rice, Carl Rice and Hunter. Because I didn't. And it was such a, a weird picture. group of people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, but my actual answer, I think I'm gonna go. Um, I think it's Timmy Allen. Oh, he's God. just. I you're gonna say Brock him. No. <laughs> I like Brock as much, like probably more than definitely more than you do. But yeah. you just hate him for no reason. Either way, Timmy, such a good guy, great. loves to pump up the crowd. Great guy. Seems just have a great connection. Loves Texas, and he's just such a fun person. And and you can't you can't dislike Timmy Allen. I think. Also, a thing to mention about Timmy Allen, um, for those of you that don't know, is his mom did pass away mm-hmm. uh, due to cancer, and he is actually graduating from the University of Texas on his mom's birthday. Yeah. Which is, he said that his mom always wanted him to graduate. And I think that's a really cool story. Uh, it was really awesome that CBS was talking so highly on him, and they kept showing uh, his older brother, who mm-hmm. looks yeah, exactly Teddy. Like, bro, he looks exactly so like Timmy. It is crazy. <laughs> like, like if they had, if they have the same haircut at the same time, and you put them next to each other, you'd it's be like, wild. "Oh, are they twins?" I couldn't like, even tell. Yeah, I was like, "Why is Timmy Allen holding a twisted T in the crowd?" <laughs> uh, but also, you got to give love to Dylan to sit too. Yeah, 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 yeah. To, Oh, here's 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 a fun one for you. You give, give either give me your least favorite fan of the year, least favorite fan of the year, or like your least favorite game. Oh god, I think I think I have a guy. I have a fan in mind for sure. Okay, let's hear because we might have the same one. No, we definitely do because you're trying to bait me into this. Because okay. wow, I'm trying to bait you into it so bad. There <laughs> are certain people who go to every Texas basketball game. There's the cool ones like the Wranglers. 
who are sure. yeah, awesome yeah. because they have awesome um, cowboy hats and awesome like awesome cowboy he hats. He really wishes he was a Wrangler. Um, More than Teak. <laughs> okay, disappointing <laughs> game kidding, Iowa State. Kidding. I'll say that. The Iowa State game we lost, hated that game. Oh, wait. I was going to take that one too. Ah, well, too late. I'll take that Illinois. I'll take Illinois. Yeah, Illinois was disappointing. Um, uh, there's a certain guy in the crowd who, um, you know, he's at every game. He's always there early, always cheering, but they love to show him on the big screen and he just really annoys both JC and I. Um, and he, he has a certain garb, I guess I'll say, that, um, you know, maybe you'd wear at a kitchen and a yeah. certain hat that has a, a, a certain bowl. And um, hopefully a, a, he doesn't listen horn, to this. A long horn. A long horn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Apron Dude apron, is what we call him. Yeah, Apron Dude. We don't, apron, like, we don't like Apron Dude. Least, least apron favorite Dude, guy if you're listening university. to this, not personal, never met you, so we can't really judge, but y- you got to got to cool it a little bit. Just a little bit. And the thing is, like, I get that you, like, had, like, a little fan base going after that, but... Yeah, he went to, like, one game, and people started, like... He got posted on the Instagram story, and I think it got to his head. Yeah. I would say him, or, like... Or Raul uh, Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that yeah. guy's an awful fan. Yeah, Raul... If you know Raul, you know. Raul Rodriguez, just in general, least favorite Texas fan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So glad you didn't mention <laughs> Yeah. Because you never think about the exact same thing. Favorite moment at a Texas game this year? I was, I was going to ask that, too. Um... My very favorite moment was probably, probably the you know the, right at the end doing you know doing the eyes of Texas and 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 all the stuff after the Kansas game when we mm. won that last game of the season really just felt it felt like I was part of a community that like that that was my feeling where I was like I'm so glad I went to this school because mm. basketball was fun the team was so happy you know we were yelling at at the parents of the Kansas fans Jalen Wilson yeah Jalen Wilson has had a had a DUI he's a DUI Kevin McCuller went no, to middle school they stay with friend. you forever Jalen yeah. Wilson has to realize yeah, that yeah Jalen Wilson needs to know that we'll keep reminding people of it uh, Kevin McCuller went to middle school with our friend and um, yeah I love the Kansas oh, game favorite fan of the year Jonathan Saldivar Jonathan Saldivar favorite fan of the we're year. just shouting out the most random people <laughs> <in> this <laughs> for my favorite moment of the year I was either going to say one when um, Evan got denied from the Tech game because he hadn't paid his financial aid. That's he, not no, what it is. No, it's because he hadn't paid his tuition because there's like a Washington thing. It's a thing with D.C., yeah. okay? <laughs> and the out-of-state boy, you know how it is. Oh, I'm so and cool. then Evan immediately walks away, just flips back and just walks into the stadium. Yeah, and I just took a wristband and went in. I was like so out of it, too. And I like look over and I was like, what is he doing here? <laughs> how did he get in here? <laughs> uh, that was pretty hilarious. I'm going to go with that or I'm going to go with the opening night game when we just, they like, they didn't explain to the fans how bad the students actually Oh, were yeah. And so I went down to the first floor because I was like, you know what? I deserve this. And I took four of the T-shirts from the Moody inaugural night. That's one of my favorite moments. And then I when, about that. when uh, I got people to place bets on the baby races. <laughs> that, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there. I put a lot. I got, I got people around me started betting on the baby races. I thought I won, too. I did it. I thought I'd won. Yeah. I got so, the wrong kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, that just that game, that Kansas game where we got the whole student section just like start like just just we we became friends with the whole section we were in a good like except for the people to the right of us yeah the people they to the right of us, us hated us hated us but like the eight people of proximity they got three guys behind they thought us. we were so funny three guys behind us three girls to our side like five yeah. guys in front of us that game there was a part where Evan was heckling a certain person and. It was Every, the center for Kansas City. Everyone around it thought it was hilarious. Yeah. They were like, this guy's funny. Yeah. It's because I am and pretty charismatic and pretty hilarious. He um, is pretty charismatic and hilarious. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to no idea who these people are, but last year we were at the Baylor game, me and my friends. I, I wasn't with you for this game, and we were very close, like oh, third row. Care. And <laughs> when we were playing against, you're going to care, Jeremy Sohan of uh, Baylor. 
we were playing against yo. him. This is when his hair was dyed a little oddly. Mm. And these girls in front of us just kept going, you suck, Frank Ocean. I thought it was the that funniest really thing. Funny. They just kept spewing at him and then Michael Mayer, who's now in Illinois, who had that awful haircut, yep. still does. Yep. And they were like, you're ugly, you redneck. And that was it. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, Jeremy Sokin, I love you. Yeah, he's a great NBA player. I was so mad when you were drafted to San Antonio. Yeah, he's doing so well for you but guys. You're, you're like the newcomer he's of the like year the only, in the NBA. He's like the only good player on your team. He's like a top four NBA like player. He, you know, he's like the only player r- just in general. No, like like rookie. <laughs> but he's like the only rookie right now with like that has meets a certain assist, rebound, and points threshold. Oh, so we're picking out stats. The fattiest. Yeah. Are we gonna bring up the fattiest young stat? I will bring it up. Oh, yeah. start talking. I'm bringing up the stat. No, I'm not. Okay. We're bringing up the Thaddeus Young stat. There's a stat that, for some reason, the NBA, like, way back in, like, 2014, I think, chose to bring up this stat okay. comparing him this to is on Fox, Indiana Magic Pacers. Johnson. These are, players, <laughs> these are players with 800 games that average 13.5 points, 5.9 rebounds, Wait, 1.4 steals, <laughs> 49% field goal, and just to make sure, 30% threes. The company, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Thad Young. <laughs> what a stat. I, I can't believe it. Yeah. Guys, what a time. <laughs> what a time. What a weird attention. episode. <laughs> this is honestly a pretty good episode. No, it's been fun. Are we, are we doing the last block? I want to. What, do we have an idea for what we're doing for our last five. block? We'll do five. Okay. We'll do a draft of mm-hmm. five. All right. You explaining it to them? I'm going to explain this one, guys. Uh, will we ever have a short episode? No. No. Will you guys keep listening? <laughs> we're going to go to an hour. <laughs> yes. Yes, you will. Because we're awesome and we're funny. And um, I applied to some internship. So unless I don't get that, then you'll be getting this content. Maybe you'll be getting like bi-weekly NBA finals episodes where like Maybe. we can be like Kendrick Perkins and Stephen A. Smith and just yell at each other back and forth. Uh, as well, would like to mention Sacramento Kings are actually have a shot now at getting the number two Seed, so cool. The number two seed in the Western Conference. I just think that's awesome. Like the beam, baby. Like the beam. Like the beam up. But for me, guys, our little last minute draft today is just something that Evan and I were talking about yesterday. And um, it's just like the worst things that happen to your body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, and when we say that, we don't mean like, you know, like breaking your leg or like falling. We mean like, um, we mean like when you get the chills out of yeah. nowhere or when you're taking a nap and you wake up and you have like that gross taste in your mouth and stop saying stop spilling the bell out. But like you know what I mean, yeah. So I think we're gonna do a draft. So we're gonna do a draft. Those yeah. weird annoying feelings. Yes, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, you you wanna go first? I feel like it's your idea. You should go first. Sure. Uh for mine I'm gonna take When you're, like, falling asleep, and it's, like, a Sunday night, and you need to fall asleep, but then, like, you're about to go right into it, and you have that sensation that you're falling, (laughs) and then, like, you're, like, and you're, like, and you wake up, your eyes pop open, you're wide awake, and that's one of the worst feelings in the world, because you're so close to sleeping. So, for me, Uh, for me, that's that one. Number one pick? That's my number one pick. Stubbing your toe. Okay. Okay. Really? Yes. That's not that good of a pick. <laughs> what? Name one thing worse than stubbing your toe. I guess. I guess that's not really like an awkward thing, though. It is. Like... You only stub your toe, like, doing awkward, like, it's an awkward thing to get your toe stubbed. Like, how often do you t- stub your toe? Every time I play Rattling Bug. 
Okay. Does it feel good? No. Exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't. All right, all right. Number three, I'm going to say getting a splinter. Oh, that's I'm gonna, good. I'm going to say yeah. getting a splinter because that's a weird one. I don't own tweezers, guys. What am I, from the yeah. 50s? What are we, losers? I, I, I used to get in trouble because, like, as, like, a kid, 17, I used to, like, bite the splinter out. Ew. I would just, like, munch. That's so you. I've done it twice before. Mm. And, you know, it bleeds a lot, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah I like that. Oh, Shout out to a guy who got a splinter one time. Our good friend Jonathan Saldine. Uh, this one time we he shouted about twice. <laughs> he, and, he and I were out and about on the town, and uh, he goes, uh, "You know, JC, I want to remember this night forever." Pulls out his pocket knife, starts carving our name <laughs> in the table because it's like a wooden table. Where everyone's done it. Starts just like JS plus JC. Boom, knife slips, cuts his hand, and he gets a huge splinter in his Ew. hand. Proceeds to complain about it for the next six hours. That was hilarious. That's so, hilarious. That's so I'm, Jonathan. It's so Jonathan. So for me, splinter. My next pick, it, this is this is definitely a white person thing. Sunburn plus the peeling after. That is that is a white person thing. But the know. peeling feeling is, ugh. I've never peeled. Disgusting. I hate that. I got sunburnt fairly <laughs> recently. You got eczema? No. I just vine reference. Yeah, I, I, I got you. Uh, fresh avocado. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry for ever hearing that. Shut um, up. <laughs> waiting outside for the bass to that Kansas game, I got sunburnt, and it was only on my like right neck, and it was just gross. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Didn't like that. That's, That's my terrible. number two pick. That's a good one. Uh, my number three, I'm going to say when you're sick and you get really hot and you get like, so oh, you, so you put yeah. So you put the blanket on, and then you get like really sweaty, and you take the blanket off, and then you're freezing cold. Yeah, I like and that. And then like you don't want to get up to shower because you're so sick, and you're just like drenched in your own sweat, and you got like the the head clouds, mm, and yeah, like yeah. your like ears are clogged. Clogged ears is a big one for me. Clogged yeah. ears really bothers me. That's bad. I hate. Oh, you don't ears. even know the end of it for me because I got the sensitive ears. So whenever I fly, my ears start popping. And like tinnitus like, or what? Eat something, sure. Yeah. Whatever. Um, right, cool. Yeah. For me, it's like that. It's like that. Uh, that the concept of being that sick. Uh, I've only had that happen like once in the last year, though. So. Okay. Yeah. I've, it's been a while since I've been, knock on wood, pretty sick. But yeah, same. Um, <laughs> I'm just sick. I'm in just general rad. Um, um, I think I'm a. Can we use social situations or is this really just? Like yeah, a, I like that. I'm gonna say when you say something and you're in a group of friends. And like no one says anything, mm. and then someone says the same thing, everyone laughs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that might be the most deflating feeling in the world. It's very deflating. Like and that, or like you know, making being the guy who makes the awkward silence happen, possibly bottom three moments of your life. It's there. It's it's up it's, there. it's up there. I'm not gonna lie though, I'm the guy that hoodwinks. Yeah, of I know you are. That's the, why I brought I'm it the, up. You do it all the, the time. And but you know, it's because it's the problem is because I'm the only one that finds it funny. So I repeat it back. I'm like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I say the thing, and then because I have a very large voice. Mm -hmm. And personality. And personality. Speaking of my large voice, did I tell you? So when we went to South Padre, guys, 3.30 a.m., our friend Kamal gets a text, you know, there is a loud disturbance outside your Airbnb. You set off the loud decibel alarm, you know, like one more time and you will be punished. And everyone's like, loud decibel alarm, what happened? It's because I was laughing. <laughs> Your laugh. My laugh set off the loud decibel. 
Yeah, his like cackle laugh is crazy. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild. I'd say okay, we can just like do like two more each. Yeah, yeah. These are good. That's that's yeah, we, yeah, it's five. Uh, a social situation one. Ooh, I'd say like when you really have to use the bathroom, but there's a line. And yeah, that's annoying. It's like the little dance. The people behind you or in front of you try to make conversation. Oh, that's that. Okay, you yeah. definitely won me over with yeah, that part. It's because it's the idea of like. I'm supposed to make conversation with you, but I really got a tinkle, and mm-hmm. I'm also trying to listen to No Hands by Waka Flocka. Yeah. Like, dude, like, what thinks, what gives you the right to talk to me right now? Yeah. Yeah. And think it's like, there's something so humiliating about going to a bathroom at a party by yourself. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm away from my friends, I'm away from my environment, my wall's up, I'm gonna keep my guard up, and Please I'm gonna don't be approached. Exactly. So for me, it's that. That's fair. I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with one. Uh, it's kind of, it's a more niche one. But it might have happened to me today. so uh, Or it didn't happen, but I was fearing it happening. Mm. It's that feeling when you're drifting off. This is specifically in class. No. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> and specifically, you know, in class. And then that feeling that you're going to make a... If you get sleep anymore, that you're going to embarrass yourself. Mm. It's that, like, it's that sleep because you're so bored and so tired in class. Mm. But you're, like, so tense that it's not enjoyable. So you're, like... Because sometimes I sometimes I wake up and I'm <coughs> like I'll make a noise and I'm like and that's what you kind of talked about earlier. That was a head and like, crash. Yeah, and like well yeah, because I wake up violently and it's like and I don't want to snore. Definitely not. That would be embarrassing. And if I'm like full out of sleep, that's bad. Yep. So it's that weird feeling where you're kind of about to sleep but you know you can't, and that's then it's just one. like it's not fun. It's not good sleep. That's a good niche. That's a niche one. That's a niche. I will say, in defense of that, last week you know I have a three hour lecture for those of you that don't know twice a week, so you know I go like once a week, but um. You know, I went last week, and we finished the last hour and a half. And we had an hour and a half left, and we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get out an hour and a half early. And then they were like, oh, let me just show you this movie I made. And it was a really awesome movie. But then the problem was that, like, in that couch, or in that classroom, there's, like, this really nice, awesome, like, leather black couch. Really mm-hmm. deep cushions. Ooh, so nice. I always sit in that in class. Because the only other option is, like, a rolling chair that doesn't have a full back. Ugh, no, so I you're only those. getting partial back support. So I was, like, curled up on the couch, and uh, the girl next to me said, she's really cool. She was, like, it was really funny because you would just be, like, <laughs> and, like, you did that, like, six times throughout the entire time. Like, That's what I don't want to do. I don't want to make that exact sound. She said I did it, like, six times. Nice. She was, like, it was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what's, the, what's that last pick looking like? That last pick, I'm going to go with when... It's really hot outside, and you get the backpack sweat stains and the oh, front stains. Yeah. And, you know, this this is meant as a diss at the Moody College of Communication. They keep all of their classrooms on the third floor so GD hot. Yeah. And it's, like, 81 degrees in the room, <laughs> and you're like, brother, you're like, <laughs> I'm fighting for my life out here. Like, I've got swamp ass. I've got, like, the back stains, like. I'm so uncomfortable, and I can't do anything because I just walked into the class five minutes late, so I can't go clean off in the bathroom. Yep. For me, it's that one. That's uh, definitely not fun. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm kind of struggling with the last one. I, I feel like this one's not good is my problem, but I have it happen a lot because I like to have my fan on in my room. Oh, I, love I like having the fan. I like the, the fan. It's awesome. And so especially when I'm just in the room, it's fine. But if I go to take a shower, I hate the feeling of being – I have my shower very hot getting out of the shower, and it's cold, like, really fan cold in the bathroom and in my main room, in, like, my bedroom, and I'm, like, freezing cold. Obviously, I only have a towel on, and, like, I'm wet, so I'm, like, 
this sucks. I really want to put clothes on. This is awful. Yeah, I don't have that experience. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, I don't take hot showers. Well, okay, no, we're not going to put... Wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to put the villain of this. You don't take hot showers? They're bad for my hair. Is that true? Yeah, they do damage to curls. Huh. So I don't really try to, like, to take hot showers to keep my curls intact. What's, like, the temperature, though? Is it cold? Or is it, like... Mid. Uh. Mid. I don't like that. Like, what I do is, like, I'll put on, like, a, like a headband or something, and then I'll turn on for hot for three minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can shower without it in my hair, but I guess yours, your hair is longer than mine. It's so. too long. Yeah. It's way too long. Yeah, that's I right. need a haircut. Yeah, well, we're, we had an hour yep. just now. Banger. <laughs> Another yep. banging episode. Another way too long episode. But we didn't, Ethan, we didn't dawdle too long I was about, about to say, other stuff. Ethan Elkovich, when you listen to this episode, I hope you're happy. He got mad at us because we only talked about basketball for 17 minutes on like an hour 10 episode. We talked about it for 48 minutes today. Eat it, Ethan. Eat it. <laughs> Take that. All right, well. But thanks for listening. Yeah, we really love you. Thank you so much. Um, if you've gotten this far, obviously, thank you guys so you much. You probably have. It's a great episode. It's probably our greatest episode of all time, as every episode. As every week is, is, yeah. Um, We have no idea what we're going to call this episode title. We'll find something. Actually, I, w- I did. I oh, did. we got to soft launch it? I did have an idea. Yeah? I did have an idea. There's a new kid in town, but like he's already been here, so I don't really know yet. He's not really a kid, though. Yeah. There's a new an rod in town. New rod in town, or hot rod. Hot like rod. The, like the Andy Samberg movie? Sure. Let's go with that. Hot rod. Hot rod. We'll, we'll take it. We'll workshop we'll, we'll it. We'll think about we'll it. We'll, 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 we'll do some workshopping. Um, thank you guys for listening this long. Thank you for a great basketball season as well to Texas basketball and to the people who've been listening, letting us talk about it and have fun doing it. So we really appreciate it. I think that's it for me, Evan, here, JC. What do you have to say? I'm just going to sign off finally. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. Guys, Texas football ended as we always expected it. Texas basketball, a little bit better expectations. And Texas baseball, we'll see where they're going. But, you know, we're going to ride this wave. We're going to enjoy the baseball season. We're going to be talking a lot about spring ball. We're going to be talking about that transfer portal because it's about to be active. We got, you know, as we transition, it's really going to start to become a little bit, you know, more professional sports focus because – the NBA playoffs is right around the corner. We got a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on as we head into these final weeks of the NBA. But we're going to keep putting out content for you. And, you know, maybe make transitions into more casual, fun things in the summer. But regardless, we're going to make sure to get you some something every week as best as we can. And we're going to make sure that we're always going to be entertaining. And we're always going to be able to at least teach you a little bit about something. Today you got to hear the niches and a lot of text basketball. Shout out to Rodney Terry, the new, the new guy in charge. The guy who deserves it more than anybody else. And like Evan said, thank you for your constant support. Thank you for always listening to the 40-yard line. Make sure to follow Evan on Twitter at Evan Veith. Thank you. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at the 40-yard line podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and leave a review. Everything you do and every interaction you have affects us and helps us so much. We're trying to do the best we can right here. And we're just trying to make sure we can always put out the great content. But as always, we appreciate the support. Um, Got a lot of support from the friends. Uh, everyone's been very cool with us you know, the last two weeks. We aren't just the podcast goobers anymore. We're the podcast professional goobers. Yes. So, um, like we were called the podcast goober. I've been called a podcast. Yeah, I I called you a podcast goober. We've called ourselves podcast goobers. Yeah, we are. Uh, But once again, guys, thanks for the support. Thank you for listening, and stay cool until next season. This has been the forty yard line.